Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, Justin Cuthbert with you for the NHL Draft. Night one, winners and losers. Now, I could give the winners to Maverick Lamaru's parents, who are most certainly winners tonight. And I guess I could give Maverick the loser because he's probably never going to live down the moment his parents had in the stands after he was drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. But I'll try to be a little bit more detailed than that because this is, of course, a huge night on the NHL calendar. And we saw some pretty big moves made. Now, First take-home message, let's just never do a virtual draft again. I know there's been some rumblings about how they could just go back to doing it over Zoom and all that stuff because of the success, I guess, of the last two drafts. But it being in Montreal, it didn't hurt that Montreal had the number one pick. And it was an epic based on runtime. Uh, But it was still very, very entertaining. Uh, And certainly... When Slavkovsky was taken number one by the Montreal Canadiens, the reaction uh, was very entertaining. The change of heart from Montreal Canadiens fans was also very entertaining. Uh, The fact that Montreal made itself the story of the draft uh, and aggressively pursued its mandate uh, made for a very, very entertaining product. So let's keep the draft in the stadiums because it can be very, very good, even if it is very, very long. But let's get into those winners and losers of the 2022 NHL draft first round. And I got to start with the number one overall pick, Uri Slavkovsky. And I got to start with him because it wasn't supposed to be him, right? It was supposed to be Shane Wright. And Montreal did an unbelievable job preserving the intrigue. I mean, it really wasn't until moments, seconds before we saw a Slavkovsky sweater uh, on the Montreal Canadiens' beautiful design that we knew that the number one overall pick was going to be Slavkovsky and not Shane Wright. And the reaction in the moment, the gasps in both languages, when Slavkovsky's team was unveiled before even his name was pretty remarkable. Uh, So while it was great that, you know, it kept everyone on their toes, the Canadians, the one thing that hurt them, I don't even know if it hurt them because it all turned out to be pretty awesome. But like they didn't have that unanimous approval right away by keeping their cards close to their vest. uh, They had that awkward reaction and maybe that will pave the way for, uh, you know, maybe a weird relationship down the line if it doesn't go very well. But by the end of the night, Slavkovsky was the toast of the town. He was emerged. 
emerged from the interview process to do, I guess, another television interview, slapping hands with Canadians fans, getting these thunderous ovations. It was a scene. It was really, really awesome. And I don't think it hurt the optics for Montreal and their fans with the choice of Slavkowski with Shane Wright sliding all the way down to number four. They didn't need that because I think fans turned uh, turned the corner before that happened or as it happened. Uh, but it probably helped that Shane Wright wasn't this slam dunk choice uh, in the minds of other teams that were involved as well. By extension of that, I have to give a winner to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and Kent Hughes, we know why there's a G in his name. It may be silent, but it is legitimate. Um, this guy knows what he's doing. And he's, uh, him sitting at the table like a mob boss after he's orchestrating all these deals and making these moves, it's pretty impressive. Uh, he had courage in his conviction. He swerved from the consensus when he picked Slavkowski. And then he showed this flair for the dramatic and the creativity to pull off a massive, massive acquisition on the draft floor. I think this, the story is going to be Shane Wright sliding to the Seattle Kraken, by the way, at four. Uh, but Montreal's ability to parlay two draft picks and a bit of a floundering prospect in Alexander Romanov into a former number three selection of the Chicago Blackhawks and a still pretty high quality prospect in Kirby Dock in a trade with the Chicago Blackhawks. Second story of the draft behind the first story that they orchestrated themselves as well. So Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens now have four, four, four forwards uh, under the age of 22 who basically make up the foundation of this team moving forward. Slavkovsky and Doc, plus Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, two centers, two scoring wingers as the foundation of their roster moving forward. Um, listen, it could, it could blow up in their face if Shane Wright is twice the player that Slavkovsky is. We'll be looking at things differently. But they chose their route. And not only did they go their route, but they backed it up with a move to get that second center, the center that Shane Wright could have been slotting in behind Nick Suzuki. They went out and got anyway in Kirby Doc, who could maybe be a better player in his own right. Um, and they added another slowback player uh, by the end of the draft by getting Philip Massar um, with one of their later first round draft picks. So Montreal did a tremendous job. We can now kind of see the future with this team, with those four players. Lots of moves I think are still to come for Kent Hughes. There's a lot of players I think he still wants to move. Maybe he's a little unsettled with his performance because I think they still want to do more. Like Jeff Petrie, Josh Anderson, lots of people or lots of players that I think they still want to move out. Uh, but, you know, filling their mandate and allowing us to see into their world a little bit and how they view the direction of this team, I think they'd had a great draft night. Um, another team that made a big move, overshadowed now, is uh, the Ottawa Senators, who are, you know, they're, they're assembling a pretty decent forward group as well. Um, before the dock maneuvering, uh, and still actually, the biggest move of uh, Thursday's draft day, I'll call it, was Pierre Dorian's move for Alex Dabrinkat. Three draft picks for one of the highest volume scorers since he broke into the league five years ago. A guy that's hit 40 goals twice. Should have hit it three times, but of course we've had shortened seasons. And Patrick Kane's been a big part of the success of Alex Dabrinkat. But this is a player I think that stands in his own right and should find a profitable home, maybe just as profitable, with 
Brady Kachuk or Tim Stutzla, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris. What is the formation of a really, really impressive top six in Ottawa forward core that can compete in a really tough division? Uh, the rebuilds still may not be over despite them declaring it over last year, but it gets a lot closer here with the addition of a purer scorer than we've seen in Ottawa in some time. Now, there is a small caveat here because the Senators apparently almost threw away the opportunity to get to Brinkett, according to reports. Apparently, Ottawa almost packaged the number seven selection they used in the trade with Chicago Blackhawks to get to Brinkett. We'll get to the Chicago Blackhawks in a bit here. Um, to get rid of beleaguered netminder Matt Murray in a trade with the Buffalo Sabres. They almost packaged that pick, I guess, to move down a couple slots in the draft with Matt Murray to get out of his $6.25 million salary. They almost gave away the seventh overall pick, which they used as really the key lure or bait in the Alex to break that deal. But what prevented that from happening was Matt Murray nixing the deal to the Buffalo Sabres. So they have Matt Murray to thank, despite his uh, reluctance to leave for their acquisition of Alex Dabrinkat. Um, I'm also going to give a winner to the Seattle Kraken because they got, I think, the bounce that they needed. They got Shane Wright, the consensus number one on a lot of draft boards, most draft boards. Wright's slide could be a windfall here for the NHL's 32nd franchise, which had a pretty difficult inaugural season. Um, surprisingly. More surprising, I think, than Montreal going after Slavkovsky was that the Devils and Coyotes let Wright fall from two to three to four and in the hands of the Kraken, who now have secured the top-rated center in consecutive drafts, at least by consensus. Now, that should form the backbone of a competitive roster for seasons to come. It's very, very difficult to land franchise centers and if the Kraken have, can, can show a little patience, they may have two in the system, two to build around, and one will have a serious chip on its shoulder in Shane Wright, who may or may not have given a pretty sizable death stare to the uh, Canadian's table after he was selected by the Kraken. Arizona, I was flirting with the idea of having them as a winner. Um, but I think passing on Wright for Cooley, like, listen, I'm not a draft expert. But Slavkovsky was one thing. The next two, I don't know if I can get behind that. I just feel like maybe they had it, they had it so in their minds that they wanted Cooley that they lost sight of the fact that Shane Wright was the better prospect. So I'm not going to give them their flowers. And also the fact that they looked like groomsmen up there was a little bit strange. Instead, I'll give the next one to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, it's hard to miss on three straight or three first round picks unless they are made in succession by the Boston Bruins. Still, it's worth commending the Sabres on landing a trio of centers, Matthew Savoy, Noah Osland, Yuri Kulich. Um, listen, they've already got a pretty good talent base forming there uh, with Dylan Cousins and Alex Tuck, JJ Paderka coming up, Peyton Krebs. Um, but with these three guys who could fit into a middle six moving forward, like all of a sudden they have a really competitive roster base. And that could be those three picks and a couple that I mentioned earlier could be the meat of the roster for years to come. I think this management team has figured things out. Uh, so I think they deserve 
a little bit of credit. Lastly, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I'm breaking the rules a little bit here, um, but it's work I think that needs to be highlighted because we've talked about the Blackhawks a few times. As the Blackhawks are trying to trade away large sections of their team to recoup value, well, it's to recoup value lost when they traded a lot of value to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Seth, Seth Jones. Now, David Juracek is the last piece of the puzzle brought back for Seth Jones, uh, a package that also included Adam Boakfast and Cole Sillinger. And I think there's a good chance that David Juracek is the best defenseman in this draft. So this is the sort of trade that we could be circling and looking back at years down the line because the Columbus Blue Jackets maximized the return on the deal for Seth Jones, one of the most important players or one of the, you know, on the Mount Rushmore probably of Columbus Blue Jackets right now. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but an important player in franchise history traded away and they did a tremendous job uh, making sure they got enough value there. Now, I think the biggest loser is probably the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, willingly trading away a 40 goal scorer. Kirby Doc, like they're liquidating so hard that even a 21 year old that is just out of entry level is not safe um, from the rebuild that's happening, the scorched earth rebuild that's happening in Chicago and via Kyle Davidson. Uh, anything and everything is for sale and they will take on dead money. They take on Peter Mrazek's contract uh, tonight in order to move up 13 spots in the draft and the trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll get to that in a moment as well. So they're losers. They're almost daring Patrick Kane to ask for a trade, or at least that's what it seems. I guess they're doing the same with Jonathan Taves, but it's hard to imagine that anyone will take the Taves contract. But I mean, they are going so far in the rebuilding direction that it's almost seeming self-serving on the part of Kyle Davidson. Like when you come in as a new general manager, you know, you kind of sell them on your idea. And I guess the idea for Davidson is to go this route, but it's also the best route for a GM that's trying to maybe maximize it's time with the organization because they have to take it down before they build it back up. It's probably the best idea because this is an organization that's kind of in ruins anyway, but it's almost as though Kyle Davidson is getting the benefit of the doubt that like an Iserman got with Detroit when he's unproven himself as a general manager in this league. So it's hard to put them in the loser category because they're filling out their mandate. I just think that, you know, you're going so far in the direction um, with the loss of a guy like Kirby Doc. I'm not sure why they were so willing to give up on the player, but maybe that proves to be a smart move on their part. And of course, the accumulation of assets uh, important for a team like the Blackhawks, and they were able to do some of that tonight. The biggest loser, I think, is the New York Islanders, who are who were, of course, the um, crucial middleman or middle team when putting together the Kirby doc deal. And really it's the optics that kill this team. So they get involved in a deal. They pay to get involved in the deal. They paid the number 13th overall selection, their own draft pick for Alexander Romanov. Uh, I think they got another pick in there, but really 13 for Romanov. And that is a considerably higher price to pay than they received in return for Devontae's, who got my fifth place Norris Trophy vote this year. So Lamorello sent or sent away 
Devontae's got back two second round picks, bought Alexander Romanov, who was not even in the same orbit as Devontae's and paid the number 13th overall selection. Now, admittedly, that's not quite fair because the marketplace in the NHL changes all the time. But the acquisition of Romanov itself is worth nitpicking. This is a player that's seen his progress stall. He may not have quite as high of a ceiling as we once thought. His offensive prowess that he showed in other leagues simply may not translate, doesn't look like it will. He's got some nice tools. He can be physical. He can move the puck. But he is very incomplete and may have had his progress stunted a little bit with the Montreal Canadiens rushing him through. But I think, well, that's bad enough, I guess. But what's particularly disappointing, I think if you were an optimist, an Islanders fan that was optimistic heading into tonight, was that, you know, this team has been close. Like it got to the Eastern Conference Final, their conference finals twice in a row, uh, missed the playoffs this year. Like you'd think, okay, they, a couple moves and they can compete again. And it looked like they were gearing themselves up for a huge move, a run at JT Miller, and they'd have to use that 13th overall selection surely in order to acquire JT Miller in the trade with the Vancouver Canucks. And yet they use their most valuable asset to get a defenseman who may or may not be able to help them in the short term. Uh, So when it comes to asset management, I think it's worth questioning what Lou Lamorello is doing. And that's been the case for a long time. There's good, there's bad. Um, There's success and there's now maybe a sharp downturn. We'll see if that's true. Finally, I have to give the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, a loser tag um, because the troubling optics, they follow New York and they follow the Leafs. They've now traded away a first round pick to erase a boat anchor contract for the second time in three years, four drafts. Uh, The first time it was to clean up someone else's mess. This time it was to clean up Kyle Dubas's mess. Less than a year ago, The ink still dry on the contract with Peter Mrazek, three years, almost $4 million a season. It proves to be untenable in less than a year, and it costs the Leafs only 13 draft slots. So there's a lot of people praising Kyle Dubas for being able to get rid of this $3.8 million. Incredibly important because of his mistake, though. Incredibly important to do that. They only move 13 draft slots in a trade with Chicago, and a lot of people are questioning Chicago's role in this because... Did they quite get market value? Well, it doesn't really matter because you're just a living, breathing entity that can take on money to move up 13 spots because why not? It doesn't hurt you in any way. But a necessary evil for the Leafs to get rid of Mrazek and 100% of his salary. um, And they moved to number 38 overall. So they'll be picking in the second round. They've had great success picking in the second round. But the fact of the matter is, despite the the franchise being confident in its draft process, perhaps not convinced with the players that were going to be available to them, maybe convinced they can get a top 15 selection at number 38 overall. It's a move that carries a negative expected value. And it was a move required because, excuse me, because they made an unforced error last summer. So if you're looking at this draft night as a vacuum, winners and losers on day one of the NHL draft, in a vacuum, the Leafs gave away a first round pick and got back nothing. Now that's not really the right way to look at it because of course they're going to be able to choose 13 slots later in the second round, Friday morning, they may hit a home run. They've done it in the past. Um, But 
if you look at it in the winners and losers of night one, the NHL draft, you have to put Toronto in the loser category because they just gave away an asset. Leafs have also only drafted once in the first round over the last four, four years at the NHL draft. It's a troubling pattern. This is not what teams that are sustainably good do. You see the same teams over and over make picks and add players into their system on an annual basis. And it's something that has eluded this team like getting capable goaltending, like getting a capable blue line, and like getting proper support for their core four players. Good and bad. Should be pointed out that the Oilers stomached a similar cost-cutting measure, uh, finding the other team that's willing to take on salary, the Arizona Coyotes. They stashed Zach Cassian on the Coyotes, gave up two draft picks, I think a second and third rounder, and moved back three spots in the first round. Now, this is a loser move too. They could be losers here. Uh, if I wanted to add a third, I guess it would be the Oilers. I don't really feel compelled to defend it, but I add the Leafs over the Oilers, even though some measures say that the Oilers did worse in this regard because in order to rectify their unforced error, which was made a couple years ago, I guess that has some sort of bearing here. Um, but the Oilers did get a prospect tonight in Reed Schaefer. And I think one other small thing that should be taken into account is when they gave up draft picks, it was in future drafts. So it helps fit the Oilers timeline just a little bit. I mean, we're talking about players that might be available five, six years down the road when it's clear the Oilers have to do their winning in the next one, two, three, four years. So I guess that's one little silver lining for Ken Holland for his loser worthy move. Um, but that's it. Now I'm not a draft guy, so I, it's hard to really say which teams did specifically well, good and bad based on the players, but oftentimes it's not about that. It's how you handle yourself on the draft floor as general managers who are trying to put the pieces to the puzzle to the gather, together. And this is as good of a time as any, um, in order to do that. And we saw the good, we saw a team like Montreal, Montreal take control we saw a team like Arizona help itself out. We saw a team like Chicago help itself out, but maybe because they've chosen a questionable direction, just, just a little bit, maybe too far in one direction. But by and large, it's a good night for teams. Most teams were able to do things that were positive given their mandate while add players into their system. So we shall see. This, most of it is a we shall see, including the moves that we're comfortable judging based on what we know about the players and teams involved. But that's it. Winners and losers. The first round of the 2022 NHL draft. We'll have a full breakdown on the weekend with Julian McKenzie, who is enjoying all things NHL draft weekend right now with all of his comrades there. Um, but until then, thanks for listening to the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. And please do us a favor, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff that you can do on either YouTube or any podcatcher that you listen on. Thanks again. Uh, it's been a great season, and uh, we'll chat soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.